And welcome back to Fake Football Real People. Today you got Sam Clinch, Tyler Entz, Tyler Solis, and myself, Garrett Morgan. We're going to go ahead and recap week five. Let's get started. <laughs> what? You 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 weren't sure if it was week five. Yet. <laughs> I wasn't at all. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, by the way, Solis is on the phone. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't either. The, the listeners love it. All right, Sam, what you got for us? Yeah, it was a um, kind of a not disappointing week, just kind of a, a boring week besides a few players that none of us were starting that kind of went off. But um, kind of a good Monday night for me. Kamara got my, my 20 I was hoping for. Now I just need Singletary to get – Less than or 14 or less, and I can beat Pence this week. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, it was a, I don't know, it was a kind of an unusual Monday night football game for me. It was a lot of, um, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders had a great game. I think he was probably the, I don't know, not not the most surprising, but it was definitely a really good game for him. Uh, he showed out and back Michael back Thomas weeks. is, yeah, starting to starting to pick up in the offense, starting to um, get in the right spots. He, they were talking about it. Uh, on the coverage, how he's finally feeling familiar in the offense and getting getting to the spots where Breeze wants him. So, hopefully, he can keep this um, keep this performances up when Michael Thomas does return next week. Um, I mean, besides Emmanuel Sanders, I think the the story from tonight's game was another really strong performance from Herbert. Uh, when they were letting him toss the ball around the yard in the first half, he looked great. They kind of got conservative in the second half with the Saints blitzing more, but he made some big time throws and. He's definitely pushing the ball downfield and opened up this offense. Um, uh, Justin Jackson outtouched Joshua Kelly. Uh, he was a guy that I was really talking up last week, so it was really nice to see him get off to a good start. I mean, after this is the first game we got to see without Eckler. I mean, what do y'all think? Do y'all think Jackson's the guy to own in this backfield? Or do y'all still think it's Kelly? Yeah, I, th- I think it's Jackson. Um, I think he caught. I think he caught three or four passes on a couple targets and. Uh, I know that he outtouched um, Kelly by probably I think seven or eight rushes. Uh, he just looked way more efficient than Kelly did. Um, Kelly's just got a lot of that rookie in him. You get those young backs that they just get the ball and they want to just run straight forward. They don't. There's no patience in it, and he just kept running into the back of the line and. His efficiency was like terrible tonight. So I think going forward, Justin Jackson might have got himself the upper hand after this week against, um, you know, this week against the Saints. So I think next week he, he's he's somebody you might want to stick into your flex. Um, I still don't I don't want to say for a hundred percent he's going to be hundred percent the guy until Eckler finishes on the IR after just one week because we know how teams will just do that. They might just be a hot hand, but. Uh, I think Jackson looked way better today. Yeah, whether it was hot hand or not, they they were using Kelly early, and then when Jackson was getting going, they pretty much turned to Jackson the rest of the game. He was taking a majority of the snaps. Uh, he did end I, up. Uh, Go ahead, please. My point, I actually added Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly in one of my leagues just to see who was going to get the hot hand, honestly, and I had the room for it. I already had a stacked lineup, so – I'm excited I got both of them, and if I have to drop someone, it's going to be Kelly this week to pick up somebody else. So um, I, I took a chance on both of them, and I think it's going to work out. I think that was the smart thing to do if, if you could do that. Uh, Justin Jackson did end up with 15 carries for 71 yards, which is good, but uh, the receiving work was where I was most excited. 
Uh, he ended up with five catches for 23 yards. So uh, it was good to see a uh, good first uh, performance in the books for, for Justin Jackson. Uh, before we wrap this game up, uh, Mike Williams um, had a had a huge night as well, uh, made some just insane catches and, I mean, really did all he could do to, to keep him in the game. They, they should have won the game. Um, he ends up with five for 109 and two touchdowns. I mean, the thing with Mike Williams is always the injuries. He was banged up coming in, looked like he was banged up leaving the game as well. Yeah, but, he, he laid down for a while, but he did get back up and it looked like he was jogging off the field. So I think he, he might have just got – he was a little bit of feelings hurt. His leg did get kind of twisted up a little bit, but he didn't look like he was limping too bad when he came off the field at the end. But. Yeah, for sure. Whenever he falls down, his body just slams the ground. There's there's no cushion at all. He he takes some of those some of the hardest falls I've I've ever seen, and with a contested jump ball guy like he is, he he hits the ground hard a lot. Let me ask this to one of you. Um, why did Kamara get so uh, the least amount of carries? I mean, only at 11, not the least amount in comparison to the other people on the team. But, I mean, 11 pretty short. I understand that they were down some and whatnot, but they, um, they, they, were, they it, were not running the ball good. Yeah, like, they, interesting. They, they weren't running the ball. They were running the ball with zero efficiency. And they, either if it's in the running game or the passing game, they like to keep him around 16 to 22 touches and a game. And they got that. I and mean, they got that. He, he had eight catches for 74 yards. Yeah, he was very involved in the passing game. So, in games like that where he has to be so involved in the passing game, you'll normally see his um, rushing numbers a little lower. But I'll, I'll take I'll take the receiving work um, for a running back all day, every day. I'd rather him get them catches anyway, especially in PPR. So let's uh, let's move over to to your Eagles, Solis. Um, tough loss for them, uh, but I mean Fulgham came out and he established himself. I mean he's he's looking really good, man. Has the the game-winning touchdown catch last week and then comes in this week versus Pittsburgh and throws up 10 for 150 and a touchdown on 13 targets. Yeah, that's the best game the Eagles have played all year. We lost, but, like, we played so much better by far. I mean, you give us Goddard back and the offense is not bad. And Rieger, but back on Fulham, I like him. Uh, yeah, 10 for 152 on 13 targets on Teddy and 31 longest yards. Like, that's 31 to be the longest reception on 150 yards is not bad. He averaged like 15 and a half or 15 and some change. Um, I think he's kind of the real deal in terms of an Eagles receiver. I'm not saying a star, but like he has to be real Eagles receiver. I think he's going to be a good guy moving forward. I think uh, Carson wants to trust him. I was, I was, um, I was looking into that because like it wasn't like he did it against the Giants. I mean, that's a, that's a Pittsburgh secondary. I mean, look at the routes he ran. He looked good. Yeah, yeah I mean, you you don't. It's not it's not a fluke when you're doing that against the Pittsburgh. So, um, moving forward, you know, I I, I picked up Ward, um, but I think Fulgram's maybe one or two on the waiver wire this week for me. Sure, I'm aiming uh, after him. Um, after putting up a performance like that against Pittsburgh, and if watching the Eagles as much as I have. Wentz does lock in on players. Like when he start, yeah. when he like starts to get a groove with somebody that they he really likes, he's gonna he's gonna go with them. So yeah. y'all saw some of the passes. He went through jump balls to him, went through a play to double coverage to him, which Fulgham caught both of them. Like I, he trusts them. And my thing, I, the reason I believe Fulgham could be here to stay is because he's gonna compliment Rieger so well. Essentially, Fulgham is Alshon Jeffrey to Deshaun Jackson, just a younger version. Let's be honest, like in that type of receiver, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go course. up and jump, uh, contested jump balls and that, et cetera. I think he's going to fit in well. 
Yeah, and they they have a lot of bodies at receiver, but they no one's taken over you know the number one role. I mean, it's it's still out there. Um, I I think this helps Ertz. Uh, he was he's been terrible lately. Been seeing a whole lot of double coverage and stuff. Maybe they can finally get some help outside to open up the middle of the field a little bit for Ertz and um, get him open again. Uh, I mean, the the biggest game of the week, um, and definitely this game was was Chase Claypool. Um, mm-hmm. Went nuts for for four touchdowns. I mean, we've we've seen the kid play this year, and he's super super talented. Um, they've been trying to find ways to get him involved. He's got some red zone looks and stuff, but. Uh, no, no one saw this game, this breakout game coming. I mean, even the guys that have that I follow on Twitter that are big supporters of him, they were really happy it happened. But <laughs> literally, none of them started him or anything this week. Um, I, I mean, I obviously would would love to get him on the waiver wire, but if you just look at this offense um, as a whole, I mean, you have Juju still man in the slot. Deontay Johnson will be back, and he's been in that. Antonio Brown roll outside was leading the team in targets before his recent bout with injuries. Um, Claypool obviously be involved as their vertical threat, but they still have James Washington. Ebron's getting involved more in the offense. Yeah. They, Big Ben likes to check it down to his running back. There's just a lot of guys in this in this offense right now. And man, I don't with all of them. I mean, with with Juju with Deontay, I, I don't. It's going to be a lot harder trusting these guys going forward week to week. I mean, this was a bang up spot for Juju to yeah. really have a good day and against the Eagles secondary. No offense, Solis, but they haven't been good, especially covering slot You're receivers. Right. Especially so. slot receivers like Juju. Well, the re- yeah, the one of the big reasons Claypool did so well is he was playing out of the slot for one and two. He was playing against our linebackers. I'm not saying he's not good. Yeah. I just mean he exploited what we have to exploit. So he did exactly what he needed to and goes to Steelers for doing that. I yeah. saw uh I saw a stat. He was actually out of James Washington, Juju, he actually had less routes run compared to those two. But when he was in there, it was just the ball was like magnetic. He's playing against Nate Gary. <laughs> like, let's be real. Like, A white safety slash linebacker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the Pittsburgh receivers, is it time to start to worry about Juju, guys? What do y'all think? I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm. 100% I'm not a fan worried. right now. I'm 100 yeah. percent worried. I, the it's going to take a lot of injuries for him to get the target share we were hoping for coming into the year. Like I said, they just have just, too much talent. There's just he, way too he's, much talent. He's feeling like a touchdown base start. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, because the first week he didn't get a lot of targets, but he caught two touchdowns. The next week he didn't get a whole lot of touches, but he ended up catching a touchdown. But these last, these, you know, and then he battled the injury a little bit. It wasn't 100%, and then another week where he's just like four for 30 or four for 25. It just – it's I have Juju, so it's not something that I'm super excited to see. And uh, Claypool's uber-talented, Deontay Johnson, he'll be, he'll be back. And then, like you said, there's just a lot of mouths to feed, and it definitely has me uh, worried with Juju too. I think going forward, you, you, he's, he's almost down, downgraded into a flex play. Yeah, I, I think for sure you were. Oh, definitely. Flex. You were drafting him as a um, normally as like a wide receiver two, um, and you know, wide receiver three if you were stacked on receivers. But um, you know, you're definitely hoping to get really good wide receiver two production out of him this year uh, when you drafted him, and I think he's definitely in that, you know, in the in the thirties at wide receiver right now going yeah. forward. Um, and he's still going to have his good games, but it's not going to be he's not getting the volume to be consistent week in week out. Um, another backfield that we've been keeping an eye on, um, and it's just 
it's it's getting harder and harder each week to figure out what's going on. I mean, Daryl Henderson last week was in a perfect spot to blow up versus the Giants, and Malcolm Brown kind of stole the show and and led the team in snaps and and touches and stuff out of the backfield. Um, I don't think anyone was playing any of these guys with with Cam Akers returning this week. Um, I didn't know what to expect. It was Henderson early. He was getting a lot of uh, carries. wasn't very productive at all. Horrible production. I mean, just like he was super inefficient. inefficient. Longest rush was seven yards. Like it's terrible. On yep. Fifteen carries. Yeah, versus that that Washington front seven um, with with Young back, and they just they shut him down. Um, Malcolm Brown was not involved at all. Um, so that's maybe a, a better sign. Maybe it's the Henderson Acres show going forward. Well, but I mean, Malcolm still had though? Malcolm yeah. still had I think eight rushes. Yeah, he did. I'm looking at it. Akers had nine, yep. Brown had eight, and Henderson had fifteen. So it's like, so it's yeah. But as far as <laughs> as far as snaps wise, um, he wasn't he wasn't very involved. But um, I I'm thinking that I mean I know McVeigh made some comments today that he's definitely going to try to get Akers more involved going forward. He busted off a, a real big play um, there in the late in the game to to uh, pad his stats, but he, I mean, nine for 61 at the end of the day is a, is a pretty good day versus Washington's front seven. So, um, I mean, going forward, I think Akers is the guy to own just because they invested a second But run. to start him, you feel ready to start No, Akers? not yet. You're not starting no. these guys right now. Um, but I think Akers is definitely the guy to own. Um, maybe a, a Bilo candidate now, but it, it's looking like this is going to be a committee for the rest of the year. Wait, is it, am I reading this right? Aaron Donald had four sacks. Yeah. Reader, Reader had three. How did they have – and then Plyde had one, but still four and three. Holy shit. They yeah. had uh, – I think they ended the day eight or nine sacks. I had them on my, deep, my starting defense this week. Yeah, they were um, – I had the Chiefs. They were – I mean, they were playing against a, <laughs> basically an amputee at quarterback, but they were they were yeah. getting after him. Um, oh, let's move God. over to this, to this Bengals game. Uh, A.J. <laughs> Green leaves with a hamstring injury. Uh, last week we talked a lot about whether he was done or not, whether we could cut him, and this week solidified that. Um, unless you're in a very deep league, he should not be owned anymore. Um, it, it seems to be that this offense is is going to run through through Boyd, uh, Mixon, and it looks like T. Higgins is now their their outside guy that that you want to own. Higgins is tied with Mixon for targets, but out of receivers, Higgins had eight targets. I love to see that. Yeah, I mean Higgins is. Higgins and uh, Burrow are showing a legit connection, like where he he's really starting to look for him. Um, and you know, as long as they're play, not playing Baltimore, <laughs> yeah. I think I, th- I think Higgins uh, and Boyd are, are are like a you know I think they should start in your lineup every week right now. I mean, yeah. I thought Bengals were going to give them a better run for the money. I, I thought it was going to be a more divisional game. I thought Burrow was going to kind of put up. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. They had some, their offensive the, line is just so bad. It is so bad. And they is. they were they were causing. Uh, they got a lot of turnovers in the game. Baltimore did and got some short fields and and made them pay. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean this this injury to AJ Green helps Higgins a ton. I mean he was already improving every week, but this really solidifies him. I think Boyd's probably what a a, a mid tier wide receiver too. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit lower, but he's he's. I think he really still is going to out target Higgins throughout oh, the yeah, rest yeah, of the yeah. season for sure. For sure, he's, just, he's he's guy you want to own. I think Higgins is, um, at twenty five to thirty range right now. Um, which flex is, play, yeah, yeah, really, as a wide receiver three flex play. I think he's he's a really good option. 
Um, the Texans finally had a, a good showing the uh, week after they fired O'Brien. Surprise, surprise. Uh, it was versus Jacksonville, so let's not get too crazy here. But it was it was just a good day for the offense overall. Yeah, and, and we had we had made uh, a point last week, and if you would listen to the podcast, you would not have dropped Brandon Cooks. We we talked about it. We said, guys, hold on to him. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, don't give up on him yet. They got to throw the ball to somebody, and then he goes for uh, eight for one sixty one and a touchdown on twelve targets. So, if you listened and you held on to him. Uh, give yourself a pat on the back and thank us later. I, I do think going forward, um, they uh, I saw a stat on Twitter. They were taking a lot more uh, play-action passes. They were taking more shots down the field. Um, that's something Cooks kind of does does well. He, he works the deep part of the middle of the field pretty well. Um, I still, um, you know, how do you feel? I mean, are, are you good to go next week? Cooks in? You want to start him? Are you starting him? Well, so at least you're you're Cooks owner. What what do you think, man? Man, listeners, listen to this. I didn't go to bed till about seven a.m. on Saturday night, Sunday morning. If I would have been up and going, I would have moved Jerry Judy, who's on a bye week this week due to COVID, <laughs> out for for uh, Cooks, and I would have won by fifty points this week. But you know, what? I did not, and I still won, so it don't matter. But Cooks put up thirty points. What eight for one sixty in a tutty? I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to start him next week just because my receivers are honestly looking pretty darn good, in my opinion. Well, I might start him over Marquise Brown or T. Higgins. We'll see. Either way, I, I, I love seeing that, though. I've been calling Brandon Cooks to figure out a connection with Deshaun Watson all year. I've been wrong until now, and I hope to God it stays true. I don't think he's going to go for 30 points every week, but no reason he can't go for 15 to 22. Yeah, for sure. He, I mean, he looked good. He looked like the old Brandon Cooks. He was he – was, Moving well, showed that explosiveness, made some made some tough catches. Um, you, you still got to remember. I mean, we're only five weeks into a to this you know the season with a very short off season. With him and Deshaun didn't get to throw the ball together much at all. Um, so let's you know, I'm I'm not ready to start him every week now. I mean, we were literally talking about dropping him last week. So let's not. Go, I think it's a matchup basis. Yeah, it's going to be up and down week to week. I I I'd still like Fuller as the number one option there, but um, I think Cooks is back in the wide receiver three range uh, for me. Hopefully they can keep this going without O'Brien there. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, unfortunately, Chark had a, a slow day and then had the ankle injury that he left late um, with. Uh, Chenault, man, he's continuing to grow um, in this offense. We talked about it last week, how he's just – He's improving week in, week out, and he built upon that again. Ended up with seven for 79 on eight targets. He's catching 80% of his targets right now. Yeah, I was about to say, so he's super, been super efficient on his targets. He's working out of the slot. He's running a lot of those, like, you know, 15, 16-yard uh, in routes and over routes that are just really efficient um, for the quarterback. Minshew's looking at him uh, quite a bit. They're not getting him involved as much in the running game. He's becoming more of a true receiver for him, but, I mean – He's emerging. He looks really good. He's emerging as, uh, you know, a wide receiver three flex play uh, for sure. And um, he's going to – him and Chark, I think, going forward are both going to be – if they can both get eight, ten targets a game, they're both going to be very solid fantasy assets the rest of the year. Yeah. Same with Gardner Minshew. If you're going through some quarterback issues, I for think sure. uh, oh, he's- Burrow, Burrow had that – had last week at 6.89. And if you look at Gardner Minshew two weeks ago when he played Miami, he had a pretty low game. But they usually bounce back. I looked at Joe and Gardner as two solid quarterbacks moving forward. That's said that earlier about Joe. Yeah, for sure. Gardner's, and Gardner gets those rushing yards too. He, yeah, That's exactly. the extra bit. So, so I was going to throw in. He's 
he always seems to end up with he's 20 a top to 40 yards. Uh, he's top, top 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 12 probably. Yeah, 14 to 12, something yeah. like that. Um, definitely definitely a, a matchup uh, based play, but um, the defense isn't very good. Their offense line is playing pretty well. Um, he's going to throw the ball a lot. So 12, 12 on the list right now. Yeah, and he, that's probably where I'd have him going forward. Yeah. So uh, Garoppolo Ooh. made his made his return and was benched. Um, <laughs> Leading into quarterback. Yeah, it it, it was um, he was benched because he was playing terrible. They said it was because the injury. They were trying to protect him, but man, he did not look right. And that's that's not what you want to see as a 49ers fan um, with him coming back. The the defense is really banged up, and they were they really need Jimmy. This is the time you need your you know franchise quarterback that you paid to to step up. Um, Obviously, the ankle is not anywhere close to right still, um, and his his footwork was just atrocious um, on Sunday. Yeah, and I really and I really don't understand why um, why they felt the need that they had to rush him back. You know, obviously they got absolutely swiped by Miami, but going into that week, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I'm not playing Jimmy. I'm going to give him that extra week. It, w- it was a high ankle sprain, man. Those are not easy to come back from, and. Uh, you know, I, they rushed him back, and he looked atrocious. And like I said, it, it probably had to do with his – I mean, he wasn't being able to step into anything. Everything was, flying, like, you know, floating on him. He he just didn't look right. And um, I don't know. I just – I hate when they rush him back, especially when you play a team that, you know, like Miami. But the good thing is, is um, Mozart played. He finally back from the knee sprain. And, uh, I mean, he went 11 for 90 – and he had three catches for 29 yards on five targets. So um, now that he's back and playing, I think he may be one of your only other guys other than Kittle that's a must start for this team, especially with the quarterback play because Bethard is terrible. <laughs> uh, what's the other guy? Mullins. Nick Nick Mullins, Mullins. is terrible. Uh, if Garoppolo tries to play again, I'm not wanting to start any of these receivers, but, I mean, they will find the, a way no matter what quarterback's in to get Kittle the ball. But Mosert and Kittle, uh, I think Mosert is good to go back in. He needs to start in your lineup. Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, you can you can list some guys, but I, it it'd be hard for me to list twelve better running backs right now than than Mostert. He's getting receiving work. He's but he's still still just you know exploding and busting uh, big gains every week. He looked really good. Looked really healthy off the MCL. The volume will increase this week. He's a he's a borderline RB one the rest of the season. Uh, I completely agree. And, and and don't worry about Kittle; he's going to be fine. You're just going to have to. You probably can't start Debo or Ayuk until you start to see the the quarterback start playing better and and looking healthier. Yeah. Um, Miami side of the ball, man. What a what a great win! I mean, Flores has to be one of the most impressive young coaches in football right now. He's just really has this team playing hard and playing good. Um, I've I had Preston Williams and a few leagues um and I, and I just moved on from him early in the year just looking for some better options picked up you know T Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, th- those types of guys. So I'm not upset that I've moved on for him but he finally had a um a good game. I think he finished like 4 for 108 and in a touchdown. So Was it one or two touchdowns that he ended with? One. It was one. I think okay. It was one. Yeah, but he looked good. I mean, he he is coming off an ACL tear pretty late um last year. So um he you know they said he looked real healthy and stuff in camp but um, maybe it's just him just finally, you know, getting over the that ACL tear and, and 
getting his legs underneath him. Um, I, I'm still not, I'm not running out to grab him. I mean, the volume wasn't crazy high for him. Yeah. Um, and he just, it, it, it is the Devonte show there in Miami and, and Gaskins and, is, and is Gasecki. That's another guy we Gisecki. didn't we didn't put down. Gasecki is consecutively putting up. Uh, like good weeks. I mean, I think he I was like the, the last two weeks. He's he's been. I think down. he was four for ninety this week. He had five five, 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 five for, 90 for ninety. Five for ninety. Yeah. So, but but he man, did have a seventy yard reception. Yeah, yeah but I he mean, had a, hit a long reception the last two weeks. The volume's been way down. Um, it, it's he's kind of been all over the place. But I mean, if you look at the options at tight end, you get past those first <laughs> six seven guys. It's they're. Nope. I mean, they're kind of all the same at that point. So, um. He's he's a he's a matchup based play, and he's a guy to keep an eye on. You, you, you know, keep him on your lineup because he is yep. he is an explosive player. And uh, if they do get him more involved, I mean, and like I said, they did target him early in the season, and and he's still getting a, a decent amount of volume enough to be a tight end that could start in your lineup. Yep, he's definitely a, a DraftKings type of player as well as a dynasty tight end, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean once once they flip over to two in the next year or two, that's going to be a nice connection. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ty, I guess you could say got it going a little bit. Had <laughs> uh, six for sixty nine on ten targets. Um, a lot of the beat writers and stuff before the game saying they were really going to try to get Ty involved um, this week. They've you know been frustrated with they've had some missed opportunities with him and Phillip, and they were frustrated with his lack of production. So. They want to get him involved. They kind of had to because they have no receivers left besides like him and Pascal. Pascal, yeah. Um, and I don't they're, know. Th- they're three Colts, tight ends, but it, yeah, this this offense <laughs> as a whole is is a, it's it's bad. It's Rivers be, looks. He looks done. He's done. He's completely done. Um, I'm, I I I think you can move on from O'Reilly Cox. They're just not. They're not finding enough ways to get him involved, and I was worried with Burton and, and Doyle coming back that they would um, start stealing snaps, and they are. I mean, Burton ended up with like five for thirty. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of those were late in the game too. Yeah, they're just starting. They're gonna start getting him involved too. So, I mean, I, I guess you can hang on to Ty if you still have him. I don't know. He's low end wide receiver three, wide receiver four type play, and just the whole offense in general has been really bad. I was. I really thought Jonathan Taylor would explode with um, the running back got hurt week one. Oh, Mac, Mac, Mac with with Marlon Mack um, going down, but he just he hasn't been very good. The offense line hasn't been very good, so I don't know, man. I I'm not selling Jonathan Taylor, but I, I'm not, I don't want any part of this Colts offense besides him going forward. Yeah, there's nobody. <laughs> there's literally nobody. <laughs> so, Pence. Hate to, hate to do it to you, man, but Dak, he's he's done for the year. Terrible looking ankle injury. Talk to us. Yeah, I mean, just honestly, just really upsetting. Uh, I mean, he was on pace to break a bunch of passing yards records, so um, it hurts. Feel bad for the guy. Uh, super good guy. Loved by the league. I think every you know proves it by everybody's reaction. Um, but you know. It was a super sad day, but what we need to be talking about now, with that that being said, uh, how does that affect the wide receiver value for this team? Andy yep. Dalton's going to be uh, the QB going forward. Um, he came in and immediately did pretty well. I mean, he hit Michael Gallup on some some pretty tough throws, and Gallup made some really big plays there at the end. But and CD's been just 
completely showing out. I mean, he he's got to be in the running for rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year right now. He's on pace for I think three thirteen hundred and seventy five yards, which would be a new uh, rookie record uh, that was recently held by Bolden. He's um, actually currently fifth in the league in yards. Yeah. So and and just in general, so uh, and he's just. He's just destroying people, uh, destroying teams over the middle of the field. I know it was the Giants, but he's been doing it against every team that, that we played. But going forward, Sam, Tyler, Garrett, I mean, what are you all thinking? How, how does how does Andy Dalton start and affect this team? I mean, I, I still think that there's going to be clearly games where the receivers do really well, but it certainly impacts them negatively. Let's be real. Dak is an upgrade over Andy Dalton by far. Um, and in terms of – I, I think I think Andy Dalton will get you guys wins, but I don't think he's going to throw up consistently 350-yard games or 400-yard games as Dak was doing. Um, yeah, I think you're right. With I think they are going to lean on the run game a little more. It's it's going to be tough, though. It's It really should be uh, polar opposites. They should be trying to throw the ball to open up uh, the run game, even with Dalton, because this offensive line, I mean, Andy Dalton has shown that he, he's not good with a bad offensive line. This offensive line is hurt. I mean, we got... And undrafted, I mean, and you know, like you two know, undrafted guys, two undrafted tackle. guys at tackle. I mean, we got a rookie, Baez at center. Uh, Connor Williams is just, you know, he's been playing blah. Uh, he, he hasn't done anything his whole career. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, since he's been in, it's not weak, exciting. He was the weak link of the of the offensive line coming into the year. Yeah, I mean, this this team has just been destroyed by injuries, and um, like I said, I I think I was reading some stuff, and I kind of agree. I mean, we're, they're gonna have to lean on the passing game early, these quick throws, get Andy Dalton on, a, on you know, kind of in a rhythm, and then start hitting him with the run game because this offensive line is bad. It, it's not, Well, it's not good, and Andy Dalton is, is not somebody that can move around and make plays like Dak can. Yeah. So I'm looking at the, the stats right now. I mean, Lamb had 11 targets. The next closest had four, and that's Gallup and Cooper together. They both had four. So, I mean, is Lamb the receiver to go in Dallas? Um. To answer your question, so at least no, I'm. It's still Amari for me, um, but CD is, he's in the wide receiver two range going forward. I, he was with Dak. I, I still, he's. I think he's, he's probably you know a, a lower um, wide receiver two now with with, with Andy. But I, I'm still, I, I'm still fine with Amari. Um, I, I still think he's going to be the the lead dog there, but. Um, Amari's uh, snap count's been going on. All the receivers' snap count's been going down. They've been getting um, Cedric Wilson more involved, um, which is kind of it's kind of a thorn in the side because it's just hurt, taking away value from the three receivers and and, and uh, Dalton Schultz. Um, but I don't know. I I I think I don't think this offense is gonna go from a top five offense to a bottom half. I still think they're gonna be a pretty good offense, mainly because their defense is still. Um, going to be so bad. They're going to have to throw a lot, you know, late in the games. And those those yards are just free yards, basically, in the fourth quarter. They're they're playing way off. Ten-yard completions are just – are there, basically, all game. Um, Zeke's value doesn't change at all for me. But, um, I don't know, maybe – I'm looking at Gallup for the next couple of weeks. Maybe Dalton really has a connection with him. If he doesn't, I mean, you may be cutting him loose in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at it in Dalton's career, I mean – what him and A.J. Green did, I mean, he was just kind of a go-route, throw it up to A.J. Green. Michael Gallup is a vertical receiver, I and mean, that's maybe that connection will be there. But like I said, uh, 
like Sam said, Amari's still your going to be your your start for sure. I I think CD's flex play, uh, wide receiver two going forward. They're still going to throw the ball. Maybe not 50, 55 times. They're still going to throw the ball 30, 40, 40, You know, in that forty range. So there is targets out there, but I think you're going to see a lot more people get involved. But I think it's just going to be a kind of watch and see. I mean, they play Arizona on Monday night, so yeah, we'll get to we'll definitely get to see them in action there um, on Monday night. Um, last last night we got to see the Seahawks and Vikings. It was pretty pretty fun game, especially late. Um, Dalvin had 21 touches at at half. Uh, we were talking about it how you just can't use someone that much, and then boom, like second play out of out of uh, halftime, he pulls up lame with the with the groin injury. Um, came back, act like he wanted to play, but they were smart with them and and didn't let him get it back out there. Um, this is the reason why. I said Madison was my number one handcuff um, just because I just feel like Dalvin is a huge injury risk every time he goes out there and he gets so many touches that his chances for injury are, are higher than other guys. And Madison did what I think we all would expect when he gets the opportunity. He he balled out. Um, it does seem like Dalvin has avoided a pretty serious injury here. They actually said the MRI was pretty clean and they're actually going to, you know, let him get some work this week and see, see how the groin feels. I if I'm a betting man, I, I bet he misses this week and maybe one more. But um, if he does miss this week, uh, Madison's definitely a must start. He's in the low end RB one to high end RB two. Yeah, uh, for, he, for the I, week. I think he he'll if he ends up starting for the week, he finishes uh, in the top ten as running backs this week. If Dalvin misses, for sure. And I I think in deeper leagues, uh, if you have a bench spot, Mike Boone's a worthy pickup just to see how this. Dalvin injury shakes out because he will get a little involved and then he'll be the next handcuff basically to, to Madison. So if you're in a really deeper league, I, I think Mike Boone's a, a worthy add. Or if you're a Dalvin owner, that's just kind of waiting to see how this thing uh, pans out. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for us today. I am excited to watch the game tomorrow. Uh, we get an extra, not an extra game, but we get it pushed back to, to Tuesday, get the Titans-Bills. Um I mean, obviously excited to watch Josh Allen and Diggs uh, keep going to work, see if they can keep building upon their performances. Um, the Titans have they they're not going to be they're going to be without Corey Davis and Humphreys um, due to uh, them testing positive for COVID. Uh, they are going to get AJ Brown back. It sounds like so. I'm excited to see uh, what he can do, how, how he looks coming off the the bone bruise that's kept him out for about a month. Uh, he will get Trendavious White. Um, on the outside, probably shadowing him. So that's going to be a pretty fun matchup to watch tomorrow night. Uh, Zach Moss makes his return. Hopefully, takes every single carry away from from Singletary. Hopefully so not. He can get the dub. But <laughs> I need everybody that listens to this <laughs> podcast to pray to God that Singletary can put up 15 points tomorrow for me. If I put up, if he puts up 15 points for me tomorrow, I get to talk shit to Sam for <laughs> a week. So, and um, so please say a prayer for me. I don't think I had a player go over 15 points. <laughs> well, me and Sam didn't it blow up the scoreboards like we were kind of looking to happen. But um, I not many teams in our league did this year, though. Oh, yes, we, I promise you, a 107 is not the high point of the scoreboard. Which is, I mean, only two, only two scored more than 135. Yeah, it was just a weird week where you had a lot of guys only, like Fulgham and and Claypool and Madison and guys like this that you weren't starting that had the the big weeks, um, just your, your topping guys just didn't have amazing weeks. So it was kind of kind of one of those weeks. But um, that's going to be it for us this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. 
Um, so, Lise, go ahead and plug the Twitter handle for us. Yeah, uh, you guys have to follow us at FFRP underscore podcast. Again, that is FFRP underscore podcast. All right, guys, come back in next week, and we'll talk about some more uh, wave wire ads and hopefully get you through injuries and bye weeks and help you win the championship. Hey, hey, hey.